You're listening to the Side Hustle Gal podcast with your hosts, Danny Fountain and Caitlin Allen. Hello, and welcome back to the Side Hustle Gal podcast. And I am so excited to share today that we're talking with Lennis Perez, who I have gotten to know over the past few years uh, through the We All Grow Latina community. Although I will say, I think this is going to be our first in-depth conversation. And so I'm so excited to be talking. Lennis, I'm going to pass it over to you. Please feel free to tell us what you do in your side hustle, why you identify with this community, etc. Hi, ladies. First, I am so thankful and excited to be part of this uh, episode and podcast. I've listened to it and I feel so inspired when I hear ladies talk about their journeys. So it's really amazing to be a part of it. So just to give a quick introdu- introduction again, my name is Lennis and my side hustle is wellness consulting. And it transformed from a healthy food blog to a um, trying to cook more Latin American foods without um, making it so heavy in oils, etc. due to my own health conditions. And then it just, I just realized that there was more in this space that needed to be spoken about, especially as a Latina um, and someone that even though I may not look like I have any health issues, there are some predispositions in my life. And then also the mental health that comes as part of our overall well-being. So I decided to you know, create a space where uh, women and men feel secure and comfortable. And now I say that my mission is really helping professionals and entrepreneurs because I linger in both spaces as a side hustler, uh, become the healthiest version of themselves so they can really share their strengths and their um, gifts with the community because we really need everyone to bring their best game and I'm here to help. I love that. We both love it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like health as an entrepreneur is such a big like deal. First off, we don't take care of ourselves. Second off, we barely think about ourselves because we're always working on the next hustle. So even just t- thinking about the mindset aspect or the food that we're consuming because we are most of the time cooking quick meals or you know trying to eat as fast as we can. So we're cooking gr- not great meals for ourselves. Oh, I'm so excited to dive a little bit deeper in on this topic. <clears throat> and it's specifically huge to me right now because I just went keto, so I'm about 17 days keto, Um, which I'm less of a cranky, meanie face than I was a couple weeks ago, so um, I think I'm super excited to talk more about this with you. Um, What would you say, so I know you talked a little bit about your health conditions, but what was your inspiration from going from the blog into coaching specifically? So the biggest thing is um, I was trying to find my unique voice in the space. And there are a lot of uh, amazing, incredible food bloggers that are truly passionate just about food. And I kept finding myself kind of divergent and talking about the mindset, as you said. It's not just about what are you cooking? No, it's why are you 
you know, creating these habits for yourself? What can you do to make it easier for you to create a healthier space around yourself, uh, not only in the kitchen, but when you travel? Because as professionals and as entrepreneurs and side hustlers, I find that we are a community of givers. We love to give. We love to help. And the biggest struggle that I find, not just for myself, but in the community is how do, I, how do we prioritize ourselves in the midst of giving so much and helping others? And that's why I created this, this message of that, that really pulled my calling and it feels so aligned with me now is you are doing an incredible job as a side hustler and as a professional person. What if you can bring your A plus game to it by making the better decisions for your health? And it's just letting go of some of that guilt that we've been conditioned with. So there's been a lot of talk lately about um, can healthy and meaningful and well-prepared food also be fast, convenient, and easy? And I would love your thoughts on this. Yes, it can. So the biggest thing is um, trying to understand what your lifestyle is. If you really are running and on the go, and I get it, I work full time. Actually, I take care of my dad too. And I have this side hustle and I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. How the heck am I going to find time to cook and to like prepare these healthful meals that are tasty for me? So what I found is I started with getting the right tools in my kitchen. Instant Pot is my lifesaver. Vitamix is my second favorite person in that <laughs> kitchen <laughs> because these are tools where I set it and forget it. I get I make smoothies in the morning and I actually batch the smoothies, so I make a full Vitamix. So I have three smoothies for you know for the mornings for every day. So you just have to play with it. You really have to kind of. Start small. I always say, don't try to batch a full week if you don't even get in the kitchen. Step number one is get in the kitchen maybe Saturday or maybe Sunday and spend, put a timer and say, in 30 minutes, what can I make that's going to taste good and that I know it's good for me? Start with that just one day and then do it for a month or challenge yourself. Like, you know, you're doing keto and it's showing you how your body reacts to this new way of eating. And like you said, you're not cranky anymore. So now your body is giving you a feedback. So start small and listen to your body. And there are ways that you will start learning how to incorporate more and more of this thing. So there are ways you just need to kind of, again, give yourself some grace and say, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start very small with something that seems sustainable for me in my lifestyle right now. And that's the biggest thing to make it sustainable. So something I want to ask you about is this uh, idea of mindful eating, um, especially when it comes to dietary restrictions that we're seeing a lot recently. Um, I was diagnosed with gluten intolerance and I'm on borderline celiac now that how can you be mindful when you're hating the food that you're eating because you're not being able to eat the foods that you want to eat um, and how to like switch that mindset? So I think the biggest thing with that is um, 
I, I call it replacing, not um, restraining, right? Because when you're restricting and restraining yourself, it has this negative emotion where it's like, I can't, you are not allowed to. It's no, no, no. It's this very negative thing in your mind versus I choose to replace, you know, the piece of bread that I really want to have with maybe some almond crackers or rice crackers, something that I can tolerate. How can I make this tasty, right? Because at the end of the day, your, your mind is reacting to all these flavors exploding in your, in your mouth. And if you are craving something that you know is not good for you, okay, how can I replace that? So one of the things I love using is the chickpea pasta. And it's also coming into it with the mindset of, okay, it may not taste exactly the same as a bowl of nice creamy Alfredo pasta, but what can I do with this to make it taste good for me such that I feel great with this replacement? And I, one of the examples I give in, in an online course I have is, I love mac and cheese, absolutely love mac and cheese. So I had to figure out how to make a healthier version of mac and cheese using um, the chickpea pasta, using butternut squash as my creaminess instead of heavy cream. So those are things that I was playing in the kitchen and saying, it's not that I'm gonna stop eating mac and cheese, I'm just gonna create a better version of mac and cheese for me. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. I, yeah, I think that can easily translate into, okay, how can I, I know that I have a busy day. How can I easily make something that I know is good for me, but also quick and on the go and it not be a salad every single time? Unless you love salads. In that case, you do you. But let's be honest, most of us don't want to eat a salad all day, every day. Um, oh, I love that. So. I really want to know kind of what your routine looks like then if you are prepping one time a week or every morning what is what does your routine look like so my routine right now it's quite structured so for my full-time job um, if you know I'm in Texas the team that I work with is out of Germany and New Jersey so we are in three completely different time zones. So my day starts really early. Thank God I'm a morning person. <laughs> um, so pretty much what, I, what I've created for myself is in the morning, I have a post-it on my mirror in the bathroom that says, create before you consume. So I have to create before I go through emails, before I... Um, look at social media before I even look at my phone. I actually have a separate alarm clock so it's not on my cell phone so I don't get triggered by the little notifications. So what I do is I give myself the time to journal and do some slow breathing exercises. That takes about um, a total of 30 minutes in my morning. Then I jump out and this is where the meal prepping come, comes in handy. I chop all my breakfast veggies on Sundays enough for the week, such that I just dump them and cook them and they're literally done in about 10 minutes. I make arepas from Venezuela, um, which are also done in like 15 minutes. So literally I have breakfast done, the dough is already made, the veggies are already chopped, 
breakfast is done in 15 minutes. And then I just sit down and start, um, you know, start working, start going through emails, etc. And then usually I eat for lunch the leftovers from dinner the night before. So that's the other thing. You kind of have to get used to repeating some meals, but it's also the convenience. So I, I cook dinner every night. I make a lot of food, so I have leftovers the next day for lunch, so I don't have to be cooking for that. So those are my two hacks is meal prep all my veggies um, on Sundays for breakfast, make it sustainable for me. I spend about an hour chopping veggies, etc., and then um, make enough at dinner so I have leftovers for lunch. So leftovers and prepping, it's my, it's my hack for my uh, daily routine. So I'm curious. Um... I used to live the dream of just being at home and being able to eat what I had prepared or cooked at home. I think the biggest thing that I struggle with now, and selfishly, this is a very personal question, (laughs) um, I am constantly on the road. And even when I'm home, I'm usually in an Airbnb downtown in Chicago because I live in the suburbs now. How can you integrate meal prep? into a lifestyle that is constantly on the go and doesn't have reliable access to refrigeration or microwaves or stoves. Yeah, I love this. So one of the things I always do when I travel is I find a local supermarket or I find a, um, a Whole Foods. I, I, you know, cause they have, usually they have either uh, foods that are already prepared for you or um, you have the salad bar that you can go to and the hot bar that you can go to. So, and I actually did this one time that I went to Las Vegas. I literally, and, and you know, in Las Vegas, they have this sensor um, <laughs> refrigerators where if you move something, they charge you for it. So I was like, crap, okay. Um, unless it's for medication, they really, you know, don't, don't kind of, um, help you out with the refrigerator. They want to make sure that they charge it for whatever you have. So I literally took the cooler, filled it up with ice and put like yogurts and my, my like smoothie juices in there and had a bowl of fruits on the side. So when I want a snack, I knew I had something in there. Granola doesn't go bad. So if I'm going to eat some granola with uh, yogurt for breakfast, it's right there. The yogurt is in ice, so anything that, like you said, that needs to be refrigerated, this is where my engineer side comes out, and I'm like, okay, how can I figure this out so it works for me so I can I can still be a little bit more mindful. The other thing I do is I, I have like my go-to fast food places, Chipotle is one of them. I love going to Chipotle. I usually ask them to double the veggies for that, for for my bowl. Um, That's one of the places that I love to go to. And and then also going to a restaurant. And if you go to the restaurant for dinner, just kind of um, ask for a, a container to take home. And then the next day, even at the local supermarkets now, they have microwaves. So you can bring your leftovers from dinner and just heat it up at the at a local store if you can find a place or you know somewhere that will be convenient. A lot of places are kind of open if you ask to help you, you know, to let you heat up the food, etc. So those are kind of my hacks. 
next when I'm on the go is um, seeing how my schedule is going to be and then looking at ways where I can help myself. And always, I literally always go and buy giant bottles of water so I always stay hydrated. That's the other thing I make sure that I have in hand when I'm going um, like crazy everywhere. (laughs) Another quick hack I have because being keto, there's like zero ever options places. Um, There is a backpack that you can buy that actually has a pouch that's specific to cold. And so then you can put some ice packs in there and use that because with keto, your percentage of fat intake is like 70% and you have like zero carbs. So it's a lot of cheese or meats or stuff like that. So yeah, the backpack just has a little little cooler section and it's it's awesome so that's pretty great yes (laughs) that's a great idea too yeah so I'm curious um how your business has evolved the more that wellness becomes a trend Uh, because I know five even ten years ago this was a very tough conversation to be having but as the wellness movement continues to eke more and more into like the central culture of our world how has that helped what you do evolve so I think is now people are starting to kind of awaken to this um, other ways of taking care of ourselves and wellness has a variety of meaning and it has kind of become one of those uh, trendy words uh, so it, it becomes a little bit challenging to differentiate themselves because when you talk about wellness, uh, people may think, oh, so you mean you use essential oils and you do, you know, these other things. And it's like, no, that's not exactly what I do. So, <laughs> um, it, it's kind of interesting to navigate as it continues to grow and explode. But for my own um, business journey, I'll say being able to offer um, online courses to connect with the community that way has been key in in expanding it and growing it. Also, uh, being able to do in-person talks and workshops. I did a workshop last year uh, where people that are looking to improve their habits and their general well-being are attracted to those kind of events, working with local studios like yoga studios or places like that. Um, it really helps. It's, it's, it's becoming more and more open for people uh, for you to bring these conversations into the mainstream. I've done things at school through the Whole Kids Foundation where we do um, a presentation and a quick cooking demo because teachers are, as we all are, super busy. Um, they have a lot on their plate and It's just finding ways to help. So there's many opportunities. And I will say for anyone that's thinking of getting into the wellness space and thinks there's so much competition. It's like, no, your voice is unique. Your experience is unique. You don't know who's going to be listening to you that's going to be inspired. So don't stop and just keep going. If it's really your calling and really your passion to help someone else, just put it out there, even though it's scary and you have to be vulnerable many times because again I'm talking about my own personal experience my mental health issues my own um, predispositions for heart disease and all these other things that come from my family those are things you're not supposed to be talking about out loud five or ten years ago 
So now it's being vulnerable, putting yourself out there and thinking about that one person that might benefit from your message. One person to me, it's worth it. It's more than enough. Okay, so I have to ask, you said you're Latina. How are you trying to shift the mindset in that community or in your community? Because I know as somebody who lives on the border here, girl, the food we are eating is delicious. But it is, <laughs> it's not, I, yeah, it's not healthy. I mean, it's not that it's not, you know what I mean? You know what I I'm know. trying to say I here. <laughs> um, how, how, what are a few ways that we can make Latina food, uh, Latina, Latino, Latinx? I, yes. I don't know what I'm trying. <laughs> I don't know which way to say it. Um, how do we, how can we go about making that food even a little bit healthier? So it, it, it really depends, that, and that's kind of why I started my YouTube channel has, I think, over 50 recipes on, on how to do it. And my most, popular, my most popular recipe is from three years ago because I made sweet plantains with no oil. So how can you make platano frito with no oils? Wow. <laughs> so there are ways that you can, you know, tweak the foods and the meals uh, to make them healthier. The biggest thing is lead by example. I love um, sharing uh, food with people. I feel that it brings us together. So if I can invite people over, you know, nine out of 10 times, they are going to ask me for a recipe and then just share it, just sharing it out there and, and even offering, hey, you know, next time I'll go to your house and we can cook this and I can show you how, how, to, uh, how to make it a little bit better. To me is, again, um, helping people find ways to um, get more into adding better things for themselves. Um, you know, add more, add more vegetables into your rice, for example. And I know we as Latinos, we love our white rice, but guess what? What if you add a little bit of parsley and some bell peppers into it? It's going to make it tasty and it's going to lower the carbs that you're getting so you know there's tricks and tips and like I said no restriction guys let's just find ways to make it fun to make it taste good and you know if I show you my grocery list from 20 years ago you will be laughing because it is what you what you see right now living on the border that's pretty much a staple and it's it was a journey it took me um you know about 15 years to finally modify what I'm consistently using now in the kitchen. But it's, you can, you just have to take it one small bite at a time, just one small thing at a time. And that's how you make progress. Speaking of one step at a time, uh, what advice would you give to other folks who are trying to grow their side hustle who are trying to stay authentic to the things that they believe in even before or as that thing becomes a trend like what are your what are your thoughts so my biggest thing is and, and as i mentioned earlier we we really are people that want to give and want to help so as long as we focus our energy on um shining the light outside instead of inside because when we kind of turn and judge the work that we're doing we start getting scared we start getting into perfectionism we start getting so think about 
put a picture in front of you of the person that you're trying to help. Put, you know, put messages around your area and your computer as your background of those who you're trying to really improve their lives or, or help them out and focus on that. Let that be your driving force. Um, that way your brain is going to have a hard time to turn that focus into yourself, putting out there and being shamed or being judged because let's be honest, we all are so afraid of being judged and being called out for not really knowing what we're doing. That's like the, the biggest thing as a psych hustler. That's so scary. So focus on what you're given. Focus on that energy of shining the light out and being able to project out your gift. At the end of the day, it's your gift and you know we are our biggest judge. So switch that brain so it's producing and not self-judging. And, <laughs> and fuel it well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, oh my gosh, this was such a great episode. I think it's something that you don't hear... Uh, a lot on a lot of the entrepreneurial podcasts are talking about wellness or the food that we're putting into our body. So I am so thankful that you joined us and are here chatting about it. And um, I want to make sure that everybody knows where to follow you. So can you tell us uh, how we can get in touch with you and follow you and where to find you? Absolutely. So as I mentioned, I have a YouTube channel where I am talking all about wellness, food, nutrition, etc. I post weekly episodes. It's a bilingual channel. So for any fellow Spanish speaking community, it's also available. It's Lenis Perez TV. And I'm sure you ladies will leave the uh, link in the notes. So on YouTube is Lenis Perez TV. And then I also have um, two online courses. One is about identifying and releasing the most common wellness blocks that we all have um, and what are the strategies that are going to help you overcome them. And that's um, on lenisperez.com, uh, sorry, lenisperez.thinkific.com. And then there's another one that's called Ditching Dieting for Good, where I teach you how to start listening to your body and give you some of the strategies that I shared here, but go a little bit more in depth. So those are the two places where I will recommend you to go follow. And always Instagram, you can send me a DM at Perez underscore. I chat with everyone, even if it goes into the uh, requested, I check that and I, t I love talking to people and helping out. So that's, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. This was a pleasure. So happy to be here.